0: what else to
1: tell him other than it felt right you know I was like hey man you know sometimes you need to fill in the time and there's no better way of
0: filling that time than artistically than to photoshop your friends into strange situations is it really that strange though I mean yes
1: (laughs) I mean I I made a what's a Brian and Sebastian comic characters
0: Wait, did you post that on your story? No,
1: no, I'll never post that on my story. Okay. No.
0: Okay, I couldn't remember. Never seen it.
1: No, they've seen it. I, I think, I think I've showed it to you. Did but you? I'll show it to you after. I don't think. Yeah,
0: I don't remember that.
1: <laughs> it's my favorite thing ever.
0: <laughs> um, oh, did what did you think of the Superman photos I sent you? I thought they were cool.
1: Yeah, the, the, it's like a like a oh, it felt like the industrial age. Yeah. Well, know?
0: I was gonna say I like it because it's um. It's very clearly, because it's very clearly supposed to be, like, kind of work coveralls that he's got on and, like, work boots yeah. and stuff, which I like. I like that, too. Because um, I've been thinking about, you know, the comic book story or the superhero story that I've been trying to tell, and I've been thinking about, like, what um, what kind of costumes I want to have for my characters, and I like that kind of look.
1: Well, that definitely, that look uh, says that it's probably during, like, you know, the the... The
0: depression era, yeah, you know. Um, I it reminded me a little bit of Red Sun, yeah. I can see that. I mean, it's you know, it definitely has a very kind of working class feel to it, which is part of what I like about it. Um, yeah, like I can imagine you don't, you don't imagine Superman usually as the
1: working class, you know, that's which the cool is, thing,
0: which is weird because I mean, obviously, like you know, the report, like being a reporter is very obviously a very bourgeois position and immediately thrusts you into kind of the bourgeois social class. Um, but yeah, like he's. People forget, like, he's more or less kind of a hick. Um, I know, right? Like, he grew up in farmer. Kansas. Yeah, he grew up in Kansas, <laughs> in rural
1: Kansas. Uh, yeah, they should do a whole movie of Superman where it's, like, him on the on the farm. And he's I wish like, they would. And, he, and he's, like, having to... Well, that's pretty much what Superman and Lois is, you know, well, like, that, at the beginning well, of the in, season. Um, <laughs> that in Smallville. Yeah, where they're dealing with the politics. Yeah, in Smallville, where they're dealing with the politics of the land and everything yeah. and local government I mean, and all I
0: mean, I even had in my mind, like, an idea of that an image of that specific Superman that I sent you like him, like walking into like a rural credit bank or something, mm-hmm. um, or just like in permanent a rural credit as thing. Superman. Yeah. Like a, like a bank run by like a corrupt, uh, banker and like doing some, like Jesus throwing the bankers out of the temple type <laughs> shit, yeah. uh, going biblical on their asses. Like, I don't know. Like that was very, it was very cathartic to me.
1: Well, I'm surprised that, um, when in the Snyder verse, the, the dead Snyder verse, when Superman came back, was not
0: three days after um, he died. Oh god, that was, I don't know if I'm happy or sad that that didn't happen. Uh, it's so obvious that it's kind of dumb, but I'm just I'm like, surprised they didn't do that. It's it seems like the thing that Snyder would have done. Blame, we can blame John Byrne for the uh, for the for the Jesus parallels in a. Well, you can blame in Jesus. I don't want to blame <laughs> Jesus for that. Can you? Jesus ble- ar- Man, Jesus already had enough shit pinned on him during his life. I don't want to pin on shit, pin that kind of shit on him during his death. So you couldn't blame anything on Jesus. I well, I can think of. I mean, I can blame him for healing uh for healing some people allegedly. Allegedly, uh, healing some blind people and feeding some fish. Uh, but Mr. Mr. <laughs> Beast has him outclassed on on uh, both of those counts. But like, what if he? Um,
1: like, I'm tr- I'm trying to picture. Cause you know, like on Family Guy, they brought they bring Jesus back yeah, all have, the time, yeah. And like he he just he's just this asshole. <laughs> he's just this bum who like has sex with Lois and everything. I I just imagine having to deal with that version of Jesus, not the Jesus scumbag
0: Jesus, scumbag Jesus. <laughs> he's got the, what kind of hat is that? Yeah, that scumbag Steve has. I don't know what it is. It's I don't know. I hate that pattern. I don't know. It's terrible. No,
1: I look at him and I'm like. that's who Jesus. That's who that version is. (laughs)
0: See that? No, see that makes me think of um, uh, what's his name? Um, Greek Jesus. What's his name? Um, did you say Greek? Yeah, because um, Jesus is archetype. It's um, Herc Hercules. Oh, Jesus. Um, Dionysus. Oh, Um, okay. Yeah, don't um, like archetypally, um, Jesus, um, like Jesus fulfills that same kind of archetype where Dionysus was positioned as a kind of a Messiah figure in, mm. um, in Greek mythology. And there's evidence that his um, that he's not a, um, he's not like a homegrown god. Um, there's evidence that he may have actually come from, I think it's speculated that it's from like Persia that he may have originated mm. um, and that he may have been linked with something like Zoroastrianism. Um
1: well, I just wonder if the door is closed on making those types of parallels with Superman cinematically. Ever since the Snyder Vision, like they leaned so heavy. Like if yeah. if they were more subtle with it, I would have been films, fine with it. I, I would have been more than fine with yeah. it, but because because that's going to be there no matter
0: what. Well, and I think but that, I think it's you know appropriate with his character um, with, with Superman. Yeah, because uh, yeah. he is like his mythology and his backstory is you know obviously has a lot of influence from the Bible and.
1: But those conversations will come up. Like, if we're talking about it in a, in a fictitious sense, like sure. Superman is a fictitious character. If a character like that actually existed, those parallels would... I understand that those parallels would be brought up. But sure. Like, I'm
0: sure there would be weirdos who would actually worship him as, like, a god. Oh, uh, sure. I mean, but mean, there, there are people who already worship aliens as gods. So <laughs> weirdo fucking theosophists and shit. So but my thing is, are they ever going to
1: approach that again with these this new film that they're doing. And probably not in this new film but in this new kind of lore they're exploring.
0: They probably will but I think it'll be very very subtle. Um, you know, I think and and like down the road. I am not even down the road. Like I'm sure like I would be very surprised if um you don't get, you know, some religious content in or imagery in Super legacy. legacy. Yeah. I would be very surprised. Which oh, well, maybe I'll <laughs> I'll save this. We can talk a little bit maybe about um about the slate, you'll be—I you, think—you'll be very surprised about um, which project I'm the most excited for.
1: What is happening, everybody? My name is Julius, and I am here once again with a podcast that eh, we're going to tolerate comics here. It's been too goddamn long since I've done a comic podcast with a friend, and actually, once again, you're here to do a podcast with me about comic books. I am. Uh, believe it or not, I did try doing one a couple weeks ago uh, with Justin, but that's when the it, it was raining again. Yeah, but it was raining much heavier yeah blackouts are happening and we were doing it over zoom and and the everything went off so there was no way of doing it so unfortunately uh you know we're making up for lost time here um so we might talk about some some of the similar topics that i was talking to with justin but uh what's up actually how
0: you doing man uh i'm doing good um just because we were talking about... Um, Superman. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I'd be interested to know what you think about... Because I don't think we really talked about the DCU slate. I'd be interested to hear what you think about it. I know you talked a little bit about it. Yeah, um, we, we I talked
1: about it with Justin. Yeah, but... Uh, project by project. But, like, what what, what did you want to... Well, like, what were you thinking? I'm curious more Justin, what you
0: think about it. Because I feel like Justin talked more about it than you did. Just what uh, what Of the general, slate? Yeah, the slate or just, like, general reaction on the announcement that he... I, I'm, I'm looking forward
1: to it. I just... You know... I understand why they're going in this direction. Yeah, you know of of like a lot of obscurities uh, being brought in. Um, I do wish it there was more focus on the cent on the central the part seven. Of the, no, not the seven. They are the but, seven. No,
0: <laughs> no, get get out of here with that dog. But no. <laughs>
1: Superman would whoop Homelander's ass oh, without it though. Okay,
0: yeah, but that's because he has way more powers than Homelander. But he's also—he's just—he Homelander's a bitch. Bro. Yeah, Homelander's a bitch. He's not, Homelander also fights
1: dirty, though. Yeah, don't don't matter. It don't matter. Superman's winning that shit. What did you do? <laughs> it, li- listen, so if Soldier Boy can whoop that ass, it, Ho- Superman's gonna have no problem.
0: Oh, I mean, Soldier. I was gonna say Soldier Boy was able to to whip his ass. <laughs> What? God, that's so. That's such a heartbreaking scene where he calls him disappointment because I didn't. I know, I, yeah, I didn't initially put together like, oh, that's what his dad said to him. Like, fuck, fuck. Yeah, they're
1: just. Well, yeah, I'm hoping for those feels with this first chapter of the DCU. I have... um, I just I. I don't know. There, I'm not James Gunn, so obviously, if I were doing it, it would be different. Yeah, I mean, we know?
0: we already talked about what we yes, and we were. I mean, granted, like we like about we both the, I mean, had a very yeah similar kind of conventional like very Marvel Phase One type idea of like, yes. what we should do. Yes, and this is very the like, slate that he has is very unconventional, very
1: different, and that's probably going to be its biggest strength actually. Yeah. you know because when it comes to dc uh lately like if there's anything they've been praised for it's putting out films that are different like joker yeah. or the batman or um you know shazam Even, well, the suicide squad the suicide squad yeah. all that stuff so that this has that same variety it's just all in one universe which yeah is, you know we'll, we'll see how that works out
0: yeah i think like i do think the idea of um including those more obscure characters from the get go is probably a good idea. So that um, just so that people don't like lose interest once you've run out of ideas for what yeah. the main ones. Um, like as far as like, cre- like as far as like creative ethos, um, everything gun is outlined. I'm happy with like him, you know, talking about really privileging narrative quality above spectacle. Yeah. Um, like that's great. You know, him talking about using temple characters to prop up more minor, characters that's great um you know actually allowing creators to work in different genres and not forcing projects to conform to what is in some sense a really artificial notion of what a superhero story on film looks like like that's all great it's and it's solid both from like a creative perspective and from a business perspective Mm -hmm. um the slate itself i think yeah i think i'm not i was less sold on it than i am now Mm -hmm. um just because like a lot of the projects like um Because they're so offbeat, I don't know how well they'll do with, like, normies. Like, Creature Commandos. Yeah,
1: Creature, I mean, I could see them selling that, Creature Commandos, easily.
0: I could see it being a sleeper hit very easily. And it's Mm -hmm. probably going to be something I will enjoy because it's so weird and offbeat. You know, Waller, that one, I think, how well that does is probably going to depend on Peacemaker's presence. um, Because I don't know that like Amanda, I, I don't know if Amanda as a character is gonna be able to sell that show. Like whether or not It's gonna be it. Viola
1: Davis who sells it. Yeah, it's that. really gonna yeah. be Viola Davis and, who, and John Cena. Yeah, it's yeah. gonna
0: be her and John Cena that mm-hmm. really sell that. Um just not knowing anything about what the story is like. Yeah. Um,
1: well, I'm I'm interested in the the one that I know nothing about. Like I, I have a sense for pretty much everything in there in terms of the the theme and who the characters are, but um it, with the exception of the authority. The authority I've, is one I'm interested I've in. I've
0: read a little bit about it. That's the one that I'm most concerned about. Mm-hmm. Um, just because um, based on what um, based on what I know of it and based on what Gunn has said, it's like I don't know that audiences are gonna be interested in seeing this kind of like kind of grim, dark, edgy superhero story. I feel mm-hmm. like audiences are kind of done with that. Mm-hmm. Um and I also worry, like, worst-case scenario, my fear for the authorities is that it ends up feeling like a rip-off of the boys. Um, well,
1: that I feel like they're probably going to uh, not ape off the boys, but, like, they're seeing that the, there is a market for that because yeah. of something like well, the boys. That, right, that's the yeah. thing,
0: right? Is like, um, I said, you know, I don't know how much audiences are going to go for that, but it's like, well, the boys, but the boys is also very humorous in a lot of ways. It's, you know, it's dark humor, but... It's humor, nonetheless. Um, see, I don't know. I I worry about that one. Also, just from like a DC Comics purist angle, like I'm like, these are not these are not original DC characters. These, they don't have a long storied history in the DC universe. Uh, why are you bringing this in? Especially when you could have just done the elites, who mm-hmm. were basically created as like a XP of the authority to begin with. So I would have enjoyed the elite more. Obviously, there's more to draw on in terms of story content with the yeah. authority, but yeah. yeah. So, well,
1: well, well. Uh, honestly, my thoughts, and it seems like your thoughts for this first chapter are, we'll see. Yeah, I, I am. I am looking forward to some projects more yeah. than others. Yeah. I, I am curious about that Batman one. You yeah, know? but yeah, I wasn't. Ex- I'm sorry, but I, I wasn't expecting, like, for example, pretty like what we pitched in that I'm the the Flash reboot film. Yeah, or Aquaman reboot film. You know yeah. what I mean? Or Wonder Woman reboot film? Because. Yeah. It's just really soon. Yeah. I understand why they would have to go to other things we haven't really seen for a bit, you yeah. know, or at all.
0: Yeah. Spe- speaking of the um just briefly about the brave and the bold, I am happy that they're um that they're finally touching Morrison's run on Batman. I Because it's, yeah. it's pretty solid. <laughs> I'm hoping that'll lead into Snyder Capullos. Um but um You're gonna I'm just, do, uh weapons grade crystal meth. Yeah. I'm just wondering I'm hoping that um I just hope they get their I hope they nail the writing for Damien. Because he, yeah. he can come off really easily as a little bratty shit. You, you they be, did a good job in those films. The, the animated ones? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, there's a very fine line to walk with him. Um, you'll be surprised, I think, to know which project that I'm the most excited about, though. I'm going to guess. Okay. I'm
1: trying to remember. Because I, I have a feeling it might be... Well, you said I'd be surprised. So is it Supergirl? No. Oh, okay. Which one is it? Keep guessing. Um... I feel like Swamp Thing is a given, something you would be excited for either way. Yeah. You know, I'm Because you're a horror
0: guy and everything. The way the way for them to do Swamp Thing, though, is Swamp Thing will fail if they do two things. Mm. They give it a big budget and they treat mm. it like a regular superhero film. Like the what you need to do with Swamp Thing is you need to treat it like Sam Raimi filming the original <laughs> dead, the original <laughs> evil dead. Yeah. Like just give Sam. I know they're talking about getting James Mangold to do it. Uh, just, just get Sam Raimi to Swamp Thing. I would love that. I, well, I think it is going to be a horror film. Which it is, is yeah. but I don't. I mean, he doesn't had he hasn't done horror films yet, so it's like I don't know. A little bit more of a gamble. I would have. I would have wanted someone because he's done more like kind of studio big budget films. They I need
1: have, to bring in John Constantine up in that they shit. They do. Well,
0: he's probably gonna. I mean, he's in. They've already said it's going to be based off of Moore's run, and Constantine appears in that. So I'm. Be very I'm surprised.
1: hoping, man. I'm hoping, but so which which was the one you're most excited about?
0: I think this will surprise you. All right, lanterns.
1: You know, that doesn't surprise me, actually. Really? Yeah, because, you know what? Because, for one thing, here's why I don't think it's... Su- here's why I'm not surprised. Because it's not a movie. It's a show. Okay. Where they can get a little... There's a more space to explore those characters. Sure. Uh, pun intended. Uh, actually, not intended. Um, you talking about space do you want
0: to oh i thought you were i thought you were talking about exploring exploring their bodies i don't know what in the (laughs) no 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 um
1: the only thing about that that is a little surprising to me is the whole color spectrum thing
0: yeah because i've talked before about how i really don't like a lot of the lore and why is that it's number one resurrecting Howl undoes a whole like it does it undoes a whole bunch of his character development to just reset it to um, the status quo, of basically the '60s, um, which is I'm not happy about. Um, I hate I hate the idea of the color avatars. I hate that Hal's heel turn to parallax is basically the consequence of him being infected by a cosmic tapeworm. Um, <laughs> the yeah. having the having the different lantern cores, the rainbow lantern cores. I think ruins what makes the Green Lantern Corps special. Um, if I like, if I had my way, the only Lantern Corps that would exist would be like the Green Lanterns, the Sinestro Core, maybe the Red Lanterns, and um, I guess maybe the Star Sapphires. Um, but see, the problem there is that
1: you know when you introduce that there are more than green. You know, naturally, people are going to start thinking. What are, you know? There, there are all their colors out there, and what yeah, do they represent?
0: I know. Um, I don't know. I mean, this good. Mean, this gets more generally. Like, if I if I really dig down to it, like, I don't. I'm not super satisfied with like Green Lantern's lore post Golden Age. Like, I I actually like Alan Scott just in terms of like just his lore the most. I like um, Alan Scott also. Like, I yeah. I it feels the it's the one that I I have the least trouble suspending my disbelief with because like like at the point at which you introduce the the avatars and the whole rainbow spectrum and stuff like the blackest night prophecy. Like you can't tell me that green Lantern is a science fiction character anymore. He's, he's basically a fantasy character. It's the same thing with the flash. Like the point at which you introduce the speed force as like a living entity and you have the dark flash. Like it's, he's not really a science fiction character.
1: Well, it's more science. I think they've always been, especially green Lantern has always been more science fantasy than fiction. Um, More, more akin to a star Wars than a star Trek.
0: I yeah I mean I would say moving into the golden age and the modern age definitely more so um I don't know so much about the silver age the silver I mean you know obviously the silver age science fiction looks weird to us mm-hmm. um because it is still drawing very much off of like um kind of myth and legends um but yeah I don't know I don't know I guess I I could see that I guess um, yeah
1: because if we're talking about like if we're having the conversation about Adaptation by decade. Sure. You know what I mean? These characters start to stop being yeah. who they were at the beginning. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, for example, you know, we kind of talked a little bit about it with uh, uh, the whole Modoc controversy. It's not even Modoc. But I mean, it, that doesn't really matter. Yes, it does. It, it doesn't, though. Yes, it does. Modoc has always been a joke, pretty much. And No! I, you, you're, actually, Modok has not been considered a joke for the majority of his history in Marvel comics. Not from what I know. But what do you mean? Like, what, like, what about him? Am I supposed to take super seriously? Am I supposed, like, am I supposed to see Modok in a film and like treat it as seriously as like Heath Ledger's Joker in yes. The Dark Knight? Yes,
0: like if yes, like because he is actually a threat. Like he's actually insanely powerful, and there is a way that you can do it where he is actually like genuinely terrifying and scary. Like you just have like you introduce him and mm-hmm. he looks weird and then he just slaughters everyone in the scene. I,
1: I, I understand what you're talking about, but the the Ant-Man movies are not that, you know, types of Sure, types of but films. then
0: don't then don't include um then don't include Modoc. And also like don't hire someone like I think it's Michael Waldron who wrote the Uh yeah, think? I think that's his name. Yeah. yeah. Don't include someone who has made it very clear from his comments uh in interviews that he doesn't respect comics. Um, who says that he's just going to treat uh, Mordok as a dumb big head as a joke. Like I don't, I don't, but I don't, I'm not offended by the notion of taking a character that,
1: you know, I, I've considered mainly as a joke and being treated as a joke, you
0: know? Okay. That's fine. Um, but I don't feel like that's the thing is like, at what point does, I, I agree with you in the first part of that,
1: you know, the, the treating comics is like not, You know, I'm not taking them seriously. You you do have to take
0: them seriously to a certain point, but like with with an Ant-Man
1: movie, you
0: know. Sure, but like even then, like you're saying, I mean, this is the slippery slope, right? Mm -hmm. At what point does that logic allow you to just not take this seriously and to totally disrespect the IP?
1: I think it, well, and that's a fair point, because if we were talking about, say... um, like say the guardians of the galaxy right where they do things like this where they are pretty you know crazy like sure, a lot of crazy imagery that you know in other contexts you couldn't take seriously Yeah, it would but, be
0: hard to suspend your it would be hard to suspend your disbelief
1: exactly but the, they sell it because of the heart of those films yes, and also exactly. the, they they the, when we look at like how that story starts with peter quill it starts with him seeing his mother die from cancer you know yeah. so it starts on a very real uh, notion, and then they get kind of crazy from there on and everything. Right. They don't make fun of his mother dying. No, no. And and with this, you know, I, I don't know. Like there, there are places for Modoc being a little more serious. I guess like that show they did with uh, Patton Oswalt, sure. where there, you know, it was a comedy show, but there were parts of it that were a little existential and more fun, or more serious than not. Sure. But I don't, I don't know, I, I wasn't really, I wasn't mad. Like, I understood why some people might be like, well, that's kind of, you know, that's not how it is in the comics. But uh, talking again about the slippery slope, like, they've done adaptations like this in the MCU before. You know, sure. e- early days of MCU, they've done this. So, you know. Well, I, what I are you
0: thinking of in that, in that instance? Well,
1: like for, like the, the Mandarin, you know, twist. Um, sure, I wouldn't approve of that either you wouldn't approve of them doing the Mandarin like that.
0: No, I I'm actually, that's actually one of the early things that I wasn't happy about um, in the MCU was them not faithfully adapting the Mandarin and then ultimately retconning that and be like, Oh, we actually are Mandarin exists. Right. Um, but he, you know, he's a composite character. Um, I would have just preferred if they went to it just from the start. Um, Cause this is the thing, right? Like the, like the MCU, like with stuff like this, um, with stuff like the MCU, you're not, trying it's not like it's not meant to be in Elseworlds right you're meant to be it it isn't Is it isn't you have some wiggle room but for the most part I expect the filmmakers to pretty faithfully adapt the IP you know there you can make some innovations um
1: and they've they've done that a lot I mean they did Civil War you know before getting to Thanos and the comics Thanos came way before Civil War and Civil War
0: wasn't even like the
1: adaptation of Civil War as we know it yeah yeah um
0: but you know, broadly speaking, um, I do expect filmmakers to, in adaptations, to hew fairly close to established to the established canon. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, like I said, and you know, I've I've thought about this myself in terms of like you know because I've written just my own kind of like fan fiction ideas of like what I would do with certain characters like Batman, especially. Sure, yeah. Um, so I've thought about this, and there, um, there is a. Uh, I guess, how would you say it? Basically, there's there's a balance to be struck between fidelity and innovation. Um, but when innovating, you need to, I think, maintain the kind of core essence of the characters. Um, and you do need to um, to treat them with some respect. Um, and I think that, speaking specifically with MODOK, and I think... You know, there are probably other instances um, but sure, more generally plenty. where you could where I think you could be criticized for that sure but it,
1: like say like I feel like in terms of the respect you know what I mean um uh, like w- since we're talking about Modoc, let's talk about him um I feel like it would be what you're saying about okay they took Modoc and they just straight up disrespected him if they had just killed him rather than redeemed him. You know what they in the film they spoilers for those who haven't seen it, but they do redeem him in a way. Yeah, and they and, clown on him immediately but, afterwards. Well, you're I like, but, no, you're not an Avenger. But my point, is, well, I mean, okay, but my point is he didn't no, die. No, no, they didn't, <laughs> no, they, they didn't, clown on him. I, no, I'm not saying they didn't. I'm not saying that he didn't. The way he died, I'm not saying it was fucking Tony Stark's death. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that they could have just when he showed up. It's Modok, right? Sure just killed his ass, you know, and he is kind of disrespected by Kang. Like Kang is like, don't talk unless you're, you know, uh, unless you're talked to or what, or don't talk when you're in the room with me, you know, sure, pretty yeah, much I, like that. I'm right? fine
0: with that. Cause you know, Kang is, that's what Kang is. That's, right? that's relative. That's relative power level. But, I'm, I'm fine with
1: that. Like the, what, what I'm saying is the ultimate disrespect is that is like, if they just showed, Hey, isn't this character stupid and then kill him.
0: Sure. But that's, that's, that's an issue of degrees. Um, so it's not like yeah of course would it have been more disrespectfully mm-hmm. done something like that yes right but some of what they did what they did was still disrespectful i think
1: i mean i think it's ultimately i i don't i i don't know I, I know it's an ant-man movie it's not meant to be taken super seriously especially with the routes they took but everything but like it it kind of did speak to me i kind of did like the idea of Taking the villain from the first film, who did have a lot of beef with Hank Pym and everything and, and all that, and, you know, uh, bringing him in, and he's in this smaller place in his life, uh, literally and figuratively, he's yeah. in a smaller place, and he doesn't see – he only sees himself as the bad guy because that's how he's treated, and then he gets this chance to, you know – in a way, redeem. I know they make the joke and everything. It's it's MODOK and everything, but I don't know. It it
0: did speak to me. Sure. I mean, I would guess what I would just say um, for closing off the conversation is um, the you know why
1: why didn't you, they show his MODIK? No, no, no. Um,
0: <laughs> we do we do see his ass. We in, do <laughs> in shadow in shadow. Um, but no, because uh, you were saying you know it's it's an Amman film. It's not. It's not meant to be taken seriously. And it's like, well, you know, why not, not super seriously. There are stakes. Sure. But I guess like that, I mean, that's, then that's the thing just with, um, with the MCU generally is as the kind of, um, as the, that comedy, <laughs> you can't see, but I'm doing the <laughs> numerous air quotes here it's fingering there, um, as that comedy is crept in, um, it just feels more and more like, um you know, even with the stakes, like they, like it's just, the films are written in such a way that, um, the comedy is included in such a way that it just like immediately undermines them and they don't like, it's not like, like, they don't let the, they don't let the drama actually breathe. Um, you just, you're just like hit with a joke and it's not even like a necessarily great joke. Like I heard, I heard one person, um, describe it as, um, describe it as like a general experience Uh where like, um, you know, they they had gone to the theater to see the movie, and there were you know maybe a dozen people in there, and they they didn't hear like any laughter during the jokes. They heard like maybe some titters uh-huh. here and there, um, and they described it as like it's it's not like it's so it's so like kind of studio machined where it's not meant to appeal to any one specific person. Mm-hmm. It's meant to appeal to general audiences, right. um, which the moment you. I mean, obviously, like with general audiences, there's a more specific meaning you can take from. But like, the moments that you try to appeal to the most number of people, um, you in, you immediately start to appeal to less and less people.
1: The the thing is, I'm not saying that this is my favorite of the MCU. No, I don't. I, I don't think all. that. And, and I do agree to a certain extent that, um, you know, if we're talking specifically about his death, which uh, let's just say, you know, for argument's sake, uh, those who felt disrespected—that's probably the most disrespectful point. Yeah. Uh, his death scene. Um, I do agree to an extent that there is a a more th- there's a better way of handling it. You know, uh, if I were editing the film, I'd probably cut out the jokes. You yeah. know, probably to let to let the drama breathe, like you said, because that's why the Guardians films work. But yeah, I think.
0: Um, well, apparently, I, I don't know. Apparently I apparently the movie was supposed to be darker, but they went back. At, I think maybe like. I don't know how many months before release but not too long before the release and they reshot a lot mm-hmm. um to make it um more humorous because um, yeah originally it was supposed to, you know it wasn't like there wasn't no there wasn't any humor in it but it was um supposed to be a lot um a lot darker a lot yeah. more dramatic which i would have appreciated um it would have you know i think it would have it feels more tonally appropriate given that you're supposed to be introducing Kang, who's supposed to be an Avengers level threat, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was even supposed to originally the cut of the, the original cut of the film was, I think, was supposed to end with, um, at the very least, um, why am I not remembering Paul Rudd's character? Oh, I Scott remember. Lane. Scott, yeah, I can yeah. never remember Scott's name, um, but originally it was going to end with Scott in Trapped in the Phantom Zone. I don't know if the others were able to make it out or not, but mm-hmm. he was supposed to be stuck there. Again. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and, you know, I could also talk about the issues that I have with how they've handled kang where like in each iteration that we've seen him before he he keeps getting defeated and so it's like uh like how threatened am i supposed to feel by him really
1: i was pretty i'll I'll be honest with you i was pretty intimidated i because first of all i don't think he's dead well uh, that's sec- the thing is he's not sure he's not dead but he yeah. keeps
0: he keeps getting defeated um so it's like how why why am i so su- he's supposed to be an avengers level threat but ant-man but it, take I, him out on his own but
1: but if we're going with that like you know, in a Batman story, Joker keeps getting defeated and he keeps coming back and everything. You know? Yeah, and he's but... he's the greatest villain of yeah, Batman.
0: Yeah, but it consistently takes Batman to take him out. Um, whereas, you know, with Kang, you know, they're building him up to be this big... Multi- That's the other thing, too, is like Kang is a multiversal threat. Mm-hmm. But he's taken out by Ant-Man, who is not tremendously powerful. He's one of the more minor members of the Avengers. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, you know, Joker... I mean, I don't know, not street level threat, but you know, there's a very there's a more even power difference between Joker and Batman. Yeah, yeah, that's fair, but I
1: think I don't know. I it's kind of what they're trying to do with Kang here is they're, I think they're trying to differentiate him from Thanos in that they like with Thanos they built him up by showing very little of him. Yeah. And with this they want to show up front why he why Kang is as big a threat as he is, sure, and and they want to show that physically. And with Jonathan Majors looking like how he does, you have to show that physically and everything. And like, there's a scene in the in this film where I was really I was intimidated by him, where he is slaughtering just a bunch of people. Oh, hey, kitty, how you doing?
0: What's up? <laughs> that is my orange one. Oh, what a cutie.
1: Um. Where he's just mowing down all these people, like all these uh, freedom fighters and everything. Sure. And I was like, "Holy shit, this guy, this guy will fuck up the Avengers. Like, he will." And I know, you know, it's getting memed on. I saw a meme this morning of, of the whole ants taking him down and everything. But pretty smart ants. They are, they are smart. I mean, bro, if ants were That's, if ants were big, bro, ants would t- this would like you know
0: like this is this up. is this is why I have this is why I have problems with how like. Like he, Kang was defeated by Bolshevik ants. Yeah, I like. Why? That's how is awesome. he? How is he going to be? How is he going to be difficult for the Avengers to take out? Like I, did, I just don't buy it. I don't buy it. He's taken. He's taken out by Bolshevik ants.
1: They weren't just okay. They weren't like regular sized.
0: No, ants. they're not. But they're still ants <laughs> st- are
1: fucking strong, dude. They're are you kidding ants. me? They're fucking strong ants. Like the, what they can do together. What and and by the way. It's I mean, what? What did I don't? I don't know. I just it didn't bother me that much, honestly, because it, when he comes back, it's the same thing with the Joker thing. Like, if Joker can keep getting beaten by Batman, why shouldn't? Why should I? You know, care
0: if he gets gets out again, again? Again, it's the power differential. I
1: I I don't see see it being as big an issue. You know, just because like I could see why with what they expressed in this movie why King can fuck with the Avengers, like with him destroying the Cause he, it's not like this was his first fight, you mm-hmm. know, the versus the Ants or versus Ant-Man or anything. Like he has killed Avengers before at this point. you know? Sure. Like it's, it's going to be raw. It's going to be fucking raw style, dude.
0: I mean, I don't know if, I don't know if it will be, but I, we'll, I we'll, agree, it, to, we'll agree to disagree on this. Yeah,
1: man. And plus you gotta, you have to, remember since this is an ant film ant man film and if we look at his you know his presence in the mcu is entirely he is an underappreciated avenger not only in real life but in their world's context sure he's pretty much the underdog which is why they had that line of like
0: well i mean they kept they kept trying they kept having to retool his identity in the comics what do you mean i mean they kept like with pink i think pym hank cycles through like three different identities ant-man giant man oh yeah they finally they finally snag onto something interesting with him with with yellow jacket right at which point they introduce scott and scott i think most people like scott better as ant-man than hank yeah
1: hank's an asshole but <laughs> yeah scott, and we don't we Scott's don't talk cool. we don't talk about uh no. hank, hank beating his wife no, um, no. <laughs> but my, my thing is, is man, like janet man janet's
0: fucking stuck between ultron and hank poor janet <laughs>
1: Uh, with with Ant Man, he's always been like the guy you don't expect to have the the most important role in sure. the, in the story, which is why he's great in Endgame. So I think they're trying to do that with him here. It's like, yeah, you think Ant Man's gonna beat fucking Kang and everything? Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I I don't know. We're, we'll we'll see. We'll see in the in the Avengers movie and everything. I I personally think he he is going to fuck some things up in there. We'll see. We'll yeah. see. Yeah. yeah it's All right, let's talk about let's talk about some comics we've been yes. reading. Yes,
0: have you been reading any? For- I yes, I have. I actually have been reading a fair bit. Uh-huh. Um, uh, you should go first, though. Okay, because well, my, my comic book choices will lead into the last part of our conversation. Well, so will mine. So, well, will You tell me. Well, tell me what you have.
1: Well, I I have fables. Okay, and I have uh, Batman the White Knight.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, I've been meaning to read that. Yeah, so it's a, it sounds really fun. And it it uh, is fun. It solves a problem that I have with um, Harley's characters. I fucking hate what they've done with Harley <laughs> since the new 52. I hate this. Here. It's bad. This goes to the whole like, thing Here, whoa, whoa, hold, hold, hold
1: up. Hold up. Let's talk about Fables yeah, first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So with Fables, uh, it's a classic book. Uh, Fables is a... What they do is they... Um, this came out, I think, in the early 2000s. Fables originally was published then. And... Um, it's taking old school, you know, uh, fairy tales, characters like Snow White, Cinderella and everything, putting them in a more contemporary context. Uh, very similar to that show uh, Once Upon a Time, almost. Yeah. Except, it's, except that the it's rated R, first of all, and it's a crime drama yep. starring uh, the wolf from uh, Three Little Pigs as a detective and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's great. The artwork's great, and this, everything.
0: This isn't um, a different volume of the Mia Wallace Duck book that you showed me earlier. No, is it no, 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 different no. one. No, okay. this is different. If that's anything,
1: mother- that yeah, that's Tales of Mother F Goose. I would say that's I would um, say Mother Goose. And later.
0: I guarantee
1: you, they were inspired by fables. I didn't say I have yeah. I have a
0: feeling one of them was inspired by the other. Yeah,
1: I think I, I think the that other one is a more, um, like a more recent. Publication, okay, um, but yeah, it's a really good book. Really good. I mean, it's classic at this point. It's one of those independent comics you hear uh, recommended when yeah. you're asking someone, "What, what, in what indie comics do you want me to read?" And everything, yeah. Fables will probably be brought up because it's. You know, it's even though it is crime and it's rated R, you, uh, I I could see it having a, a wide appeal, yeah, to all sorts of readers and everything. Yeah. So, I love I really love the first volume, Fables. It was a good read. Um, I did I, I forgot to mention one book that I, I read recently, it's a very short one. It's called I think it's called Super Gods. Um, it's wait, it, this is not, um, Grant Morrison's. No, I don't think it's Grant Morrison here. Let me just look it up real quick. But Super Gods, it's about it's kind of a, uh, a comic book about different cultures, deities that the current societies uh, ranging, I think, from the 50s to to, to the end of the world, hmm. um, they try to create superhumans. Based on their deities, interesting. Uh, so there's one for the U.S., there's one for India. Okay, uh, and they're based off of different cultures, religions, and everything. And uh, it's a real. I think it's a Mark Wade book, actually. Okay, or Mark Wade or Mar- no, it's I think it's Mark Millar. Okay, Mark Millar, not Mark Wade. <laughs> Mark Millar, very different writer. Yeah, Mark. You could see Mark Millar writing a book like this for sure. I can already imagine what <laughs> this is like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. It it gets it gets really violent, and it it starts from. Uh, the end of the world. You know, you see London burning down and everything, and it's after these, like these figures and gods have fought and taken each other out. And you're hearing the story from the scientist mm. who's telling it, and it's really, it's one of those really uh, interesting nihilistic comics you'll read from the indie creator and everything. Interesting, and uh, but it it is it is I think very insightful in terms of um how how we treat religion you yeah. know how cultures treat religion differently and some people weaponize it some people use it for the way it was meant to be used and everything um and uh, i thought it was a really interesting interesting read Nice. and now the third and final book that i want to bring up that i uh, brought up and teased to you is batman the white knight
0: yeah damn i really good i've heard really really good things about it it's and i've very been meaning good. to read it i think it's i think a a library near me has a copy of it. Well, you should read it when you get a chance. Yeah, me. it's fucking good.
1: It's it's very. It feels like um,
0: almost like a really
1: hardcore version of the animated series.
0: Yeah, yeah. I got. I kind of got that a little bit because they also they've got now multiple books in that series or that universe. Yeah, I think one of they've also now done like a Batman Beyond version.
1: Yeah, they they have a. a from what I remember, they have Curse of the White Knight, which is yeah. a, I think a follow up story. I think I think that includes a. Asriel, um, and they have uh, Beyond the White Knight, which yeah, is, what it is Batman yeah. Beyond, and uh, it's it's really cool. I love the art style in it. It deals with the idea, which we're probably going to talk to, because I'm I'm car- when you asked me to talk about this specific thing, I uh, I, I read this book mm-hmm. to you know kind of pick up some points. It deals with the idea of Batman. We always hear that Batman creates the enemies and everything, creates yeah. the villains because of his presence, but we very rarely hear about Batman not wanting to let them go because then Batman becomes purposeless. Yeah. You know, becomes obsolete. Exactly. I, I, we heard that a little bit in the Lego Batman movie, funny enough. But yeah. um, it's an interesting theme in this book because the idea of it is that, you know, Batman and. The Bat Crew are chasing Joker once again, yeah. and they get him. And then Joker, I think he takes this medication that yeah. turns him from the Joker alter ego to this other one called Jack Napier. Yeah, he
0: cures his insanity. Yeah,
1: c- cures insanity. And then he becomes someone who's very remorseful and wants to, you know, create a whole other Gotham, a, a more brighter. Positive version of Gotham. Yeah, he he's he runs for I think he runs for the mayor. He runs for mayor. Yeah, yeah. and he's uh, a <laughs> mayor. The mayor. That's an idea. I could run for mayor. <laughs> I will run for the mayor. <laughs> That's <what> the <laughs> but um, Batman is obviously the one who's like, okay, what's he doing? What's yeah. he up to here? He's very he's, suspicious. He's got Jack. Some,
0: he's got some long con going on.
1: Yeah, something's happening here. But we're following pretty much Jack. You know, it's a split-up story between Batman and Joker in a very different way. Yeah. And you start to like Jack. You like, you really do start to like him. And then he gets a, a rehabilitated Harley Quinn on his side and everything. Yeah. Um, the the police are trying to... This is... What the fuck? Why are there so many parallels to this in the Lego Batman movie? But, like, well, the wait, police are trying to get... This came after
0: the Lego Batman movie. I think it did. I, I, I Shortly remember. after, I think.
1: Yeah, but around the same time, I think it came out. Yeah. But um, the... The cops are trying to integrate Batman and everything. Yeah. Uh, And it's a really interesting story about like, yeah, Batman, you're kind of a dick, dude. (laughs) You're kind of an asshole, dude. And you're you're fucking things up even more because is this about vengeance or is this about rehabilitation? Which one is it? So I really enjoyed the book because of that. The art style is really cool. They homage – Pretty much everything Batman. Yeah. When, ranging from the animated
0: series to the live action films. There's a lot of Easter eggs in the art that I've seen. Yeah. Which is fun. And
1: it's it's not even... It's just Easter eggs for Easter eggs sake. Yeah. Like, they incorporate them. Like, uh, he has different versions of the Batmobile. Yeah, I was like, going to say. I, I've
0: seen that in a lot of comics recently, actually. Is there There's usually... I've usually seen, like... In, like, illustrations of the Batcave, they'll usually have... I mean, Keaton's Batmobile is usually there. I've usually yeah. seen... Um, something approximating like the animated series one. Sometimes I've yeah. even seen like the sixties TV show one, the Tumblr I've seen. Yeah. More recently I've started to see the Tumblr in there. Sometimes they'll have the, um, the dark Knight returns, Batmobile, yeah, which is <laughs> that's that's always a big fun. tank. I love that yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the, Rubber the bullet. Bat, the, the Batmobile. Rubber
1: bullets. <laughs> Honest. <laughs> I like, I, yeah, actually, I think they incorporate all of them. Yeah. In this book, they because they do have the '60s one. They have the Tim Burton one. They have the animated series in the Tumblr. I think, I think they have, or maybe it's in a more recent one. They have the 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 Matt Reeves Batmobile, yeah.
0: which I think is maybe my favorite one.
1: It's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a, it's a muscle car. It's fucking awesome, dude.
0: Um,
1: but yeah, this is a really good one. I recommend it to all Batman fans and everything. Um, you know, it's it's a great because mon- I, I know you're not a fan of like like tom king's batman and everything yeah i'll actually you know? <laughs> i i'm gonna talk about that in a moment oh okay well this is probably like the antithesis to to that yeah regarding tom king's batman so uh what what have you got
0: yeah uh well before i briefly uh go into this i should say part of the reason why i like white knight is it also solves a problem that i have with mm-hmm. harley's uh oh, yeah, characterization right. i won't spoil it um because it's a fun, it's a fun twist part of the comic, but I, I'll just say yeah, it solves a big problem with the discontinuity in Harley's car, car, Harley's characterization in going from the new fifty two going forward. Um, so just know that yeah, and um, and it
1: is Elseworlds by the way. It's yeah. not main continuity. It's it's the Black Label. I'm to say yeah,
0: technically DC Black Label. Yeah, because they don't do Elseworlds anymore, unfortunately. Fucking awesome. Um, yeah. <laughs> the, so the, the stuff that I. I'm trying to find my note. Um, okay. Yeah. So, so the stuff, I actually have quite a few. Um, so the first one I'll touch on cause it's, this is just very brief. I read, I decided to read cause the library near me has all of Tom King's run on Batman. So I decided that I'm going to go through, um, and read his entire run front to back, try and give him a fair shake. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know that I have a hate boner for Tom King and I know that's not necessarily <laughs> justified given that I really haven't read um, his uh, run. I've mostly been going off of like, just kind of isolated um, panels or scans or just like kind of flipping through stuff and being like, oh, what the fuck? Ugh. Um, <laughs> right. But yeah, so I'm going to go through and read front to back his run. I started off with um, the first volume, I Am Gotham. I had heard good things about his earlier Batman stuff. I've heard that it was better than um, the later ones. It's, is that where they have um, those uh, those superpowered heroes? Uh, yeah,
1: in, in, coming into Gotham. What, what Gotham Girl and Gotham and Gotham Girl. Gotham I, and Gotham. I, I
0: wish girl. they had called him um, Captain Gotham. Captain
1: Gotham. Because Gotham is just kind of.
0: Blech. I don't know. That's he boring. Sh- he
1: should have just taken Gordon's name. <laughs> Police
0: Commissioner Gordon. Oh no. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I started with that. Um, it's. It's not bad, but it's not good. It's mm. just kind of mediocre. Um, the, the writing is... like I, li- I really like the idea of introducing two metahuman superheroes to Gotham. Because you know, up until then, like it's really been kind of the playground of non-powered superheroes. So I like yeah. that idea. Um, and they have kind of interesting ideas in terms of how they develop the two characters. Um, but it's not... Um, I don't know. I don't know that... I don't know that it's executed super well necessarily. It's it's decent, um, just the writing, the overall writing. The dialogue is not super great. It feels a little wooden in some places. Um, B- B- Batman in particular feels slightly wooden. I don't know. Something about his dialogue mm-hmm. feels slightly weird. Um, yeah, and then just the, the art is not really anything special either. Um, it was It's uh, David Finch, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just overall, I would just call the book kind of... Just bland. A little dull. Yeah, it's not anything special, I would say. It's okay. Um, I think uh, think a different writer, in the hands of a different writer, I think the premise could have been a lot more. Yeah, you'd probably like uh, (laughs) The White Knight. I, I'm very much sure I would like the White Knight. <laughs> um, moving on, for that I also read um, Forever Evil, both the oh yeah main storyline, the main miniseries, and then I also read the Justice League tie-in. To that for those who don't know, Forever Evil was it was the first crossover event in the New Fifty Two. Um, it was all about the arrival of the Crime Syndicate of America, which is the Earth Three. Version of the Justice League, they're yeah, all kind of like like the mirror League. version, yeah, they're like yeah, the mirror mirror universe yeah. from Star Trek. They're all super villainous versions of the Justice League. So you have like Ultraman, Owlman, Superwoman, Power Ring, Johnny Johnny Quick, Um, Atomica, Deathstorm, and um, well, he's well, not from Earth three, but you have Grid, who's this sentient. Um, I think he's like, explaining either as like a sentient computer virus or um, an AI gone rogue that is part of Cyborg's suit um, that separates itself from him. Um, and that's the Justice League tie is mostly about um, uh, Grid and um, Cyborg and conflict and Cyborg basically learning to um, re- reaffirming his humanity and learning how to control his, um, his body um, without the help of... Um, the grid AI I love um, those characters man yeah the the crime syndicate's always been one of the best easily you know easily my favorite Justice League supervillains easily um, they they got to do them in the films at some point I man. really I really hope they do yeah um, yeah, like God, just, the gods crime syndicate is so good um, they're, they're <laughs> God, yeah God they're just really really great like it's I, just
1: classic I, comic book you know well
0: yeah it's like us it again you know it's a kind of yeah. a it's kind of a silly idea but it's executed so well and you know I like I love alternate history and Earth 3 has a big oh yeah yeah component of alternate history to it yeah it's not just, not like Earth X where Earth no. X is the
1: Nazi <laughs> which run. is kind of like uh, <laughs>
0: it's whatever I mean this we've seen this a thousand times but yeah Earth 3 is so fun because they come up yeah. with so many interesting innovations or reverse reverse reversals for the characters um, yeah it's really fun mm-hmm. um, highly recommend it Um both the J just the justice league tie in. Cause you get some really fun moments with Victor and his father, um, as well as the metal men who show up. Um, Oh, the metal men show. Yeah. Up. Yeah. yeah. I, um, I actually, I've never read forever evil. I am
1: familiar with it. I'm familiar with that great panel of them, like entering like them all. And, um, what's it uh, Ultraman. He says something like where we've, uh, we survived or something. Yeah. That's oh, I forgot. Beautiful.
0: I forgot to mention. Um, also seeking is the Aquaman. Oh yeah, um, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Who has a great design <laughs> that is like a, a it's a really neat mix of, it's like 90s Aquaman where he had like the hook hand, but it's like a, it's like a lobster claw and he's got like the beard and like the, he's blind in one eye and he's got like the really heavily armored suit, but it's done in Ocean Master's purple. And oh blue yeah, that's so cool. It's so, they're so well designed.
1: Um, and yeah. I, I, I before you get to the next one, regarding the crime syndicate, a good intro to them is the animated film yeah uh crisis on two earths
0: justice league crisis on two earths where
1: justice league meet the crime syndicate and you'll completely get it fun
0: ensues yeah Yeah. um also (laughs) also just briefly the main storyline also has some really great moments between lex and bizarro um it's a really really it does a really amazing job of actually kind of in a way humanizing lex like he has a really good well-written um, Father son dynamic with Bizarro, where he doesn't initially accept him and just kind of treats him like a tool, but by the end he actually forms an emotional bond with him. Um, That's wonderful. It's re- it's really good. Like I-, I cried at the end of it. It's really well done. Is
1: is this uh, this is this what led? Like this story is kind of like what led Lex Luthor to later join the yeah. Justice League.
0: Yeah, this is what precipitates him joining the Justice League. It's
1: it's similar to like in when Marvel they did the um Secret Invasion, yeah, Norman Osborn, I can say, say Norman Osborn you know, becomes Iron Patriot. Yeah, yeah, and then he be, because of his involvement in ending the Secret Invasion, yeah. he uh, got the head of Hammer, the Dark Avengers and all that. Yeah. Similar
0: to that? Uh yeah, kind of um and you know they have like a um they have kind of like an anti-justice league that forms um, or anti-justice league. I mean, it's basically like the justice league, but can form film or full, full of their like villainous counterparts. So it's like Luther, Bizarro, um, Batman and Catwoman are also there because they're like the only, yeah, they're the only justice league members that survived. Um, and then also Sinestro, Black Adam, um, oh, um, Black Manta. Yes. Black Manta and Captain Cold, which mm-hmm. there's a fuck. Um, Black Adam. <laughs> Black Adam shows up in the Justice League tie-in for uh-huh. Forever Evil, and he's a really amazing fight with Ultraman. Um, oh man, it's really I gotta, well I gotta done. read this shit. It's really good. I highly recommend it. So that's that's Forever Evil. Um, the next thing I'll talk about is um, I guess I'll talk about Black Canary. Um, so I have been partly for research, partly for pleasure. I've been reading like old Golden Age comics. Oh okay. Um, just for the superhero story that I've been writing. Um, and I decided, oh, you know, I'll, I'll do, I'll do Black Canary. Um, it was really, really fun. I just picked, I think it's called like the Black Canary archives or something Mm -hmm. where it's collecting all of her earliest adventures. Really, really great. a showcase?
1: Uh, DC showcase? I
0: I think it's just called, like I said, archives. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, it's really, really good. Um, it's so unselfconscious, those early stories, Mm -hmm. um, which is part of what makes it so refreshing for me to read. Um, and it's interesting too, because the, um, the like canary initially didn't have her own series she initially appeared in um in a johnny thunder story Mm -hmm. um which is is now the third time that we've mentioned johnny thunder on this podcast (laughs) which is more times than most people mention johnny thunder in their life ever yeah um (laughs) but um yeah those those early stories with her are really really fun um Mm -hmm. both because like diana or sorry not diana Dinah, Dinah. um I'm, I get the two mixed up because I'm basically compositing Wonder Woman and Black Canary in the story that I'm writing. Um, but, um, like, Dinah, like, number one, she's a really well-written character with a really strong personality. Like, you know, you hear about, like, you know, oh strong women characters um, and, like, they're 90% of the time they're not, not very well-written. They're very blind <laughs> and They'd have no obstacles to overcome. Like, Diana Come is like... Or, God, I did it again. Dinah... <laughs> um like she actually like she actually fails, she makes mistakes, um but she learns from them, and she gets up again and also on top of that like she's not um she's not a damsel in distress, she handles herself really well um she's really really kind of feisty and fiery like mm. she has this i think um there's this one it's in a later story when she actually had her own series um she has this interaction with her boyfriend who's this kind of like um kind of like i don't know like uh, kind of braggart, um, slightly boobish okay. um, private detective. Um, she has this wonderful exchange where he's like kind of teasing her and she like threatens to float, throw some flowers at him that reminded me of, um, I think it's specifically My Girl Friday or oh, just okay. kind of yeah. like, or just kind of like women in like uh, Howard Hawks films. Yeah. Um, it was, it was really, it was just a total breath of fresh air. And those, those early Johnny Thunder comics in particular were very interesting to read because and fun too. Cause I mean, number one, they, I don't know if you ever read Tintin, but they remind me a lot. Of, I, I
1: read a little bit of Tintin. Yeah. Up. I was obsessed yeah. with Tintin yeah. in middle school. Um, they're fun books. They're really fun. Yeah.
0: Um, and the kind of adventure stories that, um, and more specifically the kind of more crime oriented ones, um, that Tintin tells, um, the Johnny thunder stories reminded me a lot of those. Yeah. Um, which was fun. Um, I could, also, I could see that. Yeah. yeah. And also just like Johnny thunder's character is also really fun. Like he's, he's a massive boob. Yeah. Like he's not, um, like he's not a superhero. He's just some dude in a suit who it's has some a, guy. he has a genie and a lamp that he can summon with a magic word. Um, and he, like when he beats up criminals, he does it on accident. He's like, <laughs> he's totally full of himself. Um, like say like, yeah, he saves the day totally on accident. He's yeah. He's a really, really fun character. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was bizarre though because his so his sidekick, the genie, Thunderbolt, he does like some fucking Deadpool shit. Like what like he breaks the fourth wall in oh, really? in the nineteen forties, where like he zooms in and he he's like holding he's a book. Yeah, he's holding a copy of Flash Comics and he references <laughs> multiple times that he's that he's in a comic book. It's was the most bizarre, surreal thing to wow. see in the nineteen forties. Um yeah, it was it was really it was really fun and weird. Um, it's
1: interesting they they did a lot of uh, they were I mean that's clear that during that time they were really still finding their way. Yeah, you know, early comic books like you if you read like the original. Uh, like some of the original magazines that had those kinds of drawings in them, yeah, uh, you know, you, you Matt see, is I think is a good example. Matt, Matt is a good example, but that's see, like, a very self conscious parody. Y- yeah, you see the beginnings of like the the how panels were starting to be formatted and everything, and uh, no one really knew how to treat the lore at all back then and right the, him holding the comic is very much a, a it's decades a a, it's decades ahead of its
0: time yeah like that, like it's incredibly postmodern you don't see you you wouldn't expect to see something like that until at least the 80s well
1: because you you know for a fact they weren't expecting the fourth breaking the fourth wall to become what it did you know what i yeah. mean for characters like uh what deadpool and she hulk and all of them yeah. to do it and it's a part of their character and it's a it's an important distinguishable part of their character right. you know what
0: I mean for them it was just a joke you know well that but that's the other thing too is that like no one else references it besides Thunderbolt like that's part of what makes it so surreal like he's the only one who's aware of it um but yeah I was I'm surprised they didn't incorporate stuff like that with the uh, doomsday clock when uh you know when because
1: uh, yeah you know lightning
0: well, Johnny lightning's a big part of that yeah Thund- thunder's in there but yeah um uh, Thunderbolt is not um god yeah it yeah, poor poor Johnny Thunder. He's really kind of a sad, broken-down old man in that. I know, um, but,
1: like, they, they bring him back, and they bring the whole idea of that he's, like, the linchpin to the yeah. original Earth 2 and everything and all that continuity. I'm surprised they didn't make... Like, Johns is a very meta writer. Yeah. Uh, in, especially in something like Doomsday Clock. I'm surprised they didn't, like, you know, the, the lightning bolt guy is just like, oh, here we go again. Yeah. <laughs> Shit! <laughs> he pulls up a copy of uh, Watchmen. It's like, yeah. pulls a lighter. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's but yeah, it's really really good. I highly recommend people uh, check it out just because yeah, like I said, it's so it's so unselfconscious um, and in a period where you know we're still in this kind of dark age of comics where um, and I'll, I'll talk about this maybe the next time you have me on. I've been yeah. reading um, or listening to Grant Morrison's Super Gods um, on audiobook um, and he kind of talks about the um, the kind of problems of. Um, they kind of push for relevance and realism in comics mm-hmm. starting in the kind of like late silver age going forward in the bronze age and then really reaching its zenith in what we would call the modern age. Um, but yeah, it's just so it's so unselfconscious and it's, it's really wonderful and refreshing. Um, after that, I think the last comic that we'll talk about um, or that I'll talk about that will lead into our next discussion is um action comics, volume one, um, volume one of Grant Morrison's run on action okay. comics. All right. Um, I, full disclosure, I didn't read... There's like two halves of this book. And it's got two arcs in it. Um,
1: you didn't if, read the later half. I
0: did not read the second half because it deals with the Legion of Superheroes. I don't give a fuck about the Legion of Superheroes. Oh, man, they're awesome. Though. I don't know. Well, I, I, should give them a, I should give them a chance, but I've never kid, been interested the, by that. The kid who
1: turns into the ball...
0: It's, it's sick. It's silver. It's it's so silver age, and I know like, I should get over it. But but that's
1: that's Morrison's.
0: Like, Morrison well, know, loves that yeah, type of shit. I know Morrison is really in love with the silver age, and I I understand why he's attracted to that. I yeah. should give it a shot, but I just yeah. I at the time when I was reading, really was like I can't <laughs> get into this. Fucking, fucking like this after guy. especially after the first arc, like I really liked <laughs> the first arc, um, but I was like, yeah, this is not this is too different. I wanted yeah. something similar. <laughs> um, but yeah, the first arc is um, it's really good. It's a it's more or less a kind of um, origin story. Um and it's I really like it because um specifically for its characterization of Superman. Mm-hmm. Um like right off the bat um he's he does some like Batman level shit, like mm-hmm. Dark Knight Returns level shit where like he's um like the first panel that you see him in, like I think his face is in shadow, like he's a genuinely like menacing kind of figure. Uh, yeah, yeah.
1: Um it does his eyes are glowing? Yeah,
0: his eyes are glowing. Like he's and this is right after I think he like I can't remember if it's either, like, an ice sculpture that he lasers or it's, like, a champagne tower that he um, destroys with his laser vision. Um, but, yeah, like, he when he's introduced, he um, he's, like, basically interrogating this, like, cru- I think he's, like, a corrupt land developer. Um, oh, damn. And he, like, he does, like I said, he does some Batman-level shit where, like, he, because he can't fly. He can only jump because um, he hasn't um, fully accessed his powers. Yeah. Um, But he's, like, prepared to drop the guy off of, like, a skyscraper. (laughs) Um, And he, like, barely... That's the tool he's using to interrogate him. And he, like, barely catches him at the end to make sure that, you know, he's still alive and he can be handed over to the police. Um, But, yeah, like, I I really loved it because it's very clearly, like... Grant Morrison is very clearly... His characterization of Superman is very clearly inspired by the Golden Age where, like, Superman in this version of Action Comics is very much, like, angry leftist Superman. Mm -hmm. Which... I really I like more than I think more than any other more than any other time I've seen Superman I think this is the one where I've liked him the most because mm-hmm. um, he feels again like the fact that he's angry left to Superman it feels Sebastian <laughs> sure um, no I mean like it just feels it feels unique um, it's a way of setting him apart from other character from other superheroes yeah. where and it, it, it complicates him a little bit more as well. Yeah, cuz yeah. um yeah, I don't know. It's just really fun and also like he's um Superman and this is not he's not um he's not at the um he's not at the Daily Planet, he's at the Daily Star. He's just kind of starting off as a reporter and as Superman doesn't have his Superman costume. He's got a really cool actually um costume where it's just like um you know, work boots, jeans, a blue shirt with like a Superman logo yeah. on it and then I like, I'm such a big fucking baby. Um, I cry just when I realize this. Um, his cape is not a cape. It's his baby blanket. I, that, that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm very curious because when we started talking about, or I guess when you start bringing up this uh, run of Superman uh, to me, and I've known about it. I've never read it, but I've known about it. Um, I've been thinking more and more that this is probably the direction they're going to go with for the legacy of Superman. You know? Yeah,
0: no. I hope. I really hope that. Um, I mean, I think there's. Um, I think there's a way that you can send, and we'll talk about this in the discussion we'll have. We're gonna keep alluding to this. I, I'm <laughs> what gonna, I'm working what is people, this discussion? I'm gonna keep working people to up. be continued. Uh, I mean, people are people already know from the title, but you know. Um, but uh, yeah, I, re- I think there's a way that you can synthesize like Golden Age and Silver Age Superman. Um, but yeah, I really hope that they that they borrow a lot from Action Comics. I think that's a way. I think it's going to be a way. Like I said, it's going to be a way of separating superman out um going back he's like just starting out in the daily star he's like got a shitty apartment Mm -hmm. um he's really like you know he's like super agent superman in the golden age where he's this kind of like crusading social reformer um yeah it's really really fun and all he needs is crypto no not crypto the only way i'll accept crypto is if he's actually a shoggoth uh no
1: he needs to be crypto. No. The super dog. I can
0: ex- I can accept that humanoids would evolve in a completely alien landscape. It's a little hard for me to accept that dogs would.
1: Uh no. Is crypto the super dog? It, it or strange, James it Gunn. My James Gunn might as well cancel this shit now if he has no plans on uh doing crypto the super dog.
0: No, you know i I will accept crypto if he is um if he's actually um who are the guys from Strange Brew? Why am I forgetting their names? I don't know. Um, if he's the dog from, uh, if he's the dog from strange brew, um, where he has a brief scene where he flies in the air with a Superman cape, uh, I accepted that.
1: I want to see Superman walking his dog crypto on the moon. That would be, f- you, that's not a wholesome image. Actually. Come on, man. Come it's on. Crypto so dumb. No,
0: he's not. What the hell? How is he? How is superpower? Superpower dog is so dumb. I can't. You're. You are. No. You are. High. I, ex- I accept. You bat- are high. I like. I accept. Bat cow. I accept. Ace.
1: You accept a cow yes. with the Batman moniker over crypto. Yes. Bat cow. Yes. Oh, look, I like bat. cow. Ca- no shade it, on bat cow.
0: It's cute, Damien. Damien, because Damien's a vegan.
1: <laughs> uh, listen.
0: That's so cute. This is, what
1: we're, this is, the, is this the discussion that you were alluding to? Uh, crypto or no crypto? No, no, no. no.
0: Crypto? <laughs> we, should get, we should get into it because that's really all I have to yeah, say. Yeah, well, I don't want to spoil too much, but yeah, it's just a well, really curious. refreshing run.
1: I'm curious what it is you want to talk about because all I know is that we're, you wanted to discuss the politics regarding batman and superman specifically and i yeah. honestly didn't know what you meant by that yeah so i'm curious what this is uh uh in regards to
0: yeah i mean i guess i should frame the discussion because it was i what got me there were a couple things that precipitated me thinking about um this question of what is i should say i should clarify when i talk about the politics of batman and superman i don't mean like what would their politics be like within the dc universe but i mean like what um like their own personal politics? Mm, yeah, not that. But what is the oh, okay. political ethos underlying the two characters in their mythos? And also, I was thinking about like how do they, um, how do they complement each other um, in regards to in regards to each okay. characters? And, and you're ethos. not
1: specifically just talking, you know, whether uh, in regards to how like the two parties would respond?
0: No, no, no. I'm, I'm. No, I don't give a fuck about okay. this. It's, not, it's okay. not partisan politics. This is. I'm talking about more on a, um, on a deeper. Symb- symbolic philosophical theological level okay so what's the um, question well just what what are their politics and then also how they complement each other to frame this I because i was i was thinking about this both because of action comics but also because i was i revisited the dark knight returns um and uh, uh, so did i recently great yeah, great yeah, comic yeah. um and also um at the same time i would i had revisited a a blog post that i came across i think in middle school arguing that um going forward from The Dark Knight Returns, like The Dark Knight Returns establishes Batman very specifically as a um, as a neoconservative superhero, okay. which for those who don't know... For neo- that version of Batman? Yeah. And the Dark kinda, Knight Returns? And arguably going forward, um, okay. definitely with DKR, um, yeah. which for those who don't know, neoconservatism is a... It's a school of American conservatism. It's probably best thought of as a school of liberal conservatism, which okay. is basically combining um, moderate, sort of moderately conservative social... Issue or stances on social issues with um, economic liberalism, which when I say economic, American God fuck American political terminology is fucked up. I need to define all this <laughs> shit. When I say economic liberalism, I mean like what's called market liberalism. The main thing though that got me thinking about this was at the time that I was reading Action Comics, I was listening to The Righteous Mind okay. on the audiobook, which I don't know if you've heard of that at all. No, great book. Who wrote it? Highly recommend it. So it's written by a guy named Jonathan Haidt, who is an American social psychologist who specializes in the fields of moral and political psychology, which is what the okay. as the name implies, what the book is about. What heights, the main kind of thrust of the book, um, or the stuff that's kind of most pertinent to this discussion is, um, heights. Um, what would you call it? Elaboration of what's called moral foundations theory, which is what it's a product of his own research. He elaborated it. Um, the idea is basically that, um, there are six different basic moral foundations that, underlie every human being's morality and consequently their politics. And the degree to which we're sensitive to each of these foundations in turn determines, like I said, first our morality and then our politics. Um, the foundations are care, fairness, authority, loyalty, purity, and freedom. And I was thinking based on this, from this particular psychological lens, like, um, what would, um, what is the political ethos underlying each of these two characters? Um, And I would, I don't know, just off of that, I would be interested to hear what you think. Um, Well, when it comes to this idea, I'm
1: thinking more of the way people respond. You know, that's how I look at, if these characters were to exist, right? Sure. Yeah, I would look, firstly, to uh, just the natural response of people before the politics, because politics comes after that, you know, politics is reactionary for pretty much anything.
0: Yeah, I mean and I mean, well, and height goes kind of goes into this where like um our our like our justifications for our politics and morality are basically post facto. Mm-hmm. Um and there actually is good psychological evidence to indicate that um our brain generates a our brain generates a moral stance first and then comes up with a justification for that stance yeah, later. And, and that 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 initial reaction is um rooted To varying degrees in both our, you know, our biology and our evolutionary history and um, both our experience. It's kind of honed by our experience. Sure, yeah. To basically protect us from different situations that we may encounter in our lives
1: yeah and you know you look at something that happens you react to it you the emotional response and then you start thinking yeah. how do we combat that if it's a bad situation or how do we accept it if it's a good one right yeah. and when it comes to these figures like with uh, you know I think with Superman like the the thing about these two characters in this regard is that they're both very complicated uh, I in would terms say Batman of, is much less complicated than Superman I, you know what I think so as well I mean it, it becomes more complicated as narrative is added to it,
0: this will kind of illustrate what I'm talking about. There's a moment in The Dark Knight Rises where, um, Selene, after she's been you know given the Batpod to help with Batman's plan <laughs> as far as taking out Bane, yeah, um, you know she tells him, you know, come with me. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't. Sorry. You good? Yeah. Sorry. It just gets really gives me really emotional. I know. Um, yeah. You, know, you don't owe these people anymore. You've given them everything. And Bruce just says, not everything, not yet. Mm-hmm. That to me is nothing if not lordly behavior, mm-hmm. if not kingly behavior. Yeah, That is the appropriate disposition that a healthy monarch has towards his subjects. Yeah. Where he feels the subjects are not just bonded to him, but he's bonded to them. And he's bonded to the land mm-hmm. that they all live on. And he has a duty and a responsibility to them that he has to fulfill. And until the, yeah. until his death.
1: And that also ties into a, a point that was brought up in the previous film the dark knight when the, they're having a dinner with Harvey Dent and everything and he makes he he talks about the the Roman Empire and everything and uh, uh how you know when the government would fail there was one man who
0: would step that, up yeah. you know that's, to that's,
1: defend the city and everything. That's the other thing is no. Batman
0: is inherently is inherently high, and Morrison talks about this as well. He's an inherently um he's an inherently hierarchical character where um, he is, Batman is all about, I mean, number one, he's about the state of exception. Mm -hmm. Um, So he's outside the normal rule of law. Um, And he he exists outside both he and just Gotham city. Generally, you can argue because Gotham is a fundamentally chaotic place. Um, So he's about fundamentally the reordering, the restoration is in like the restoration of order, reordering a fundamentally chaotic world and imposing, reimposing a healthy hierarchy
1: i i I like the idea that with batman you you do have this idea of the the mantle and it continuing to live on it it becomes a part of the city just as almost as big bigger than any sort of law enforcement or you know it just becomes part of the culture of that and then that's again
0: that's again part of the monarchical aspect where again like he's He's above, you mentioned specifically, like he's above law enforcement, he's Mm -hmm. above the law in some sense, Mm -hmm. Um, where he has this kind of, nominally in kind of, you know, in kind of monarchist politics, you have the idea of like the monarch being above politics, in a sense. Um, in the sense of being kind of like apolitical, so that's another way in which yeah. she's kind of potentially monarchical figure. Well,
1: they—I they, mean, Gotham would definitely treat, and the world largely would treat the Bat Family like the royal family, just yeah. for vigilante. I
0: mean, DC treats them like the royal family in terms of how they pimp them out. That's for I, sure. yeah, that's for-
1: <laughs> yeah. They they have that, they have that ink already, man. <sighs> I I really uh you know it, it's interesting how I, and I I've noticed this a lot uh, in watching um because I've started to watch. The arrow show mm-hmm. like uh that whole that whole world and everything is it your
0: first time watching arrow,
1: yeah, fully really, like in completion and everything okay. I'm, I'm on season three now okay. and everything
0: um, it's already what it's already kind of
1: well you know i'm i'm not <laughs> I'm just kind of watching it at this point, yeah, and uh at this point, it's interesting to see how you know it started with one guy and then it started to spread and uh, and you know the Arrow is considered by the people he's considered by. Uh, law enforcement and uh, politics and world governments all over, and um, I, I like I like it when things evolve in that way. I mean that's the cool thing about these, uh, specifically vigilantes. Yeah. You know I don't know if that's as prominent with uh, Superman. You know Superman he's, you know people just kind of look at Superman, whereas with Batman there is community. You know what I mean? Yeah. The well, community he, of that. I mean
0: Bruce has a much more extensive, um, a much more extensive network than Cal does. Yeah, because, because he needs it, you know? Yeah, I mean, he's not he doesn't have the same kind of power as his soups. Um But also, you know, there are only so many Kryptonians. So, <laughs> yeah. hey, God, they, there's a reason for that. It's, the only one he can get is, uh, like, Kara. Yeah, Kara. Well, yeah, well, there's two Karas, obviously, but...
1: Oh, well, yeah, that's true. but, uh, uh, And his son. Now yeah, yeah, with, his son. Uh, um, with the, that's with kind the of sun. it. Yeah, that's pretty much it. You know, so I mean, that's one of the things about
0: uh, Connor. Connor, oh, Connor, Connor, that's true.
1: Yeah, the little the the Kryptonian human hybrid and everything. Um, yeah, I like that. I I like that. Superman, it's gonna sound weird, but I like that Superman has that kind of vulnerability, you know, yeah, well, uh, yeah, being alone that way. Yeah,
0: Mm -hmm. um, which by the way, Champion of the Oppressed is that's I think that's his best tagline that he's had. Mm -hmm. I like that way more than like even like True Justice in the American Way. Like, it's just kind of, I don't know. Cham- so,
1: well champion of the press speaks more you know globally it feels than
0: well it feels more heroic nationally. going back to you know what I was saying about the alleged discontinuity one of the things I realized is I think Superman at least for majority the majority of his life has been a kind of uniquely statist hero mm-hmm. insofar as like I said his politics have aligned him very closely with the American regime mm-hmm. as it existed at, as yeah. it, at various points does oh, that make sense or am I just talking at you I'm sorry <laughs> i I, I really i really I don't know these words i really want to i really trying to try to
1: <laughs> i know I, uh, listen listen actually, you and i group very differently you care about all this shit i'm you know i'm a, somewhat aware <laughs> of it <laughs> you know and uh i look i find i find your knowledge of of uh, these, these political definitions and this history i find it admirable. I just, I wish I knew that shit. But here's the, here's the thing. Can I tell you something right now? Yes. And this is political. Yes. When Trump was in office, mm-hmm. and this is the reason I don't like Trump, I wrote him and I said, listen, you'll win me over if you register an extra fucking day in the week. Mm-hmm. That way I can learn all this shit. He didn't do that. <laughs> He didn't do that. So I just, at that point, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go with Sleepy Joe. <laughs> Fuck this. Sleepy,
0: creepy Joe. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, I um, even though I might not have understood all that, I'll be honest. Uh, you gave me something to think about in that these, com- these comics, not they're, they're not two-dimensional. No. They, they're not. Never. Then they never have been. No. Listen, we're going to wrap it up because uh I need some more tea uh, and I have to use the restroom yes. but actually I appreciate your insight I appreciate everything. Yeah, I appreciate you helping me with the recording and everything. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's always a lot of fun. Uh we're going to now go uh find Miles and yeah. we're going to take photos of him that I will later uh photoshop. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take Get photos ready. of him while he sleeps. <laughs> while he's Yeah, I have a picture of him sleeping actually. So it's it's awesome. You really? <laughs> Yeah, I'll show you in a second. That's right. creepy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is like Mike having, having stolen Rich's family photo album well, while they were throwing out his, his, his late Nana's uh, possessions. Oh, what? It's not creepy
1: because his family approved of it, so it's all good. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Have a good one. Stay safe and goodbye.